0: South America. In case you didn't know that. Uh, my parents were the first independent Baptist missionaries there, and God got them into the country when the country was closed to missionaries. And so if God has asked you to do something that looks impossible to you, don't you worry about the impossible part. That's Israel. Uh, and uh, so that was encouraging to my folks once they realized that, uh, that they didn't have to do that part. Uh, but uh, it's good to be here. Thank you for the nice room. Uh, was able to get some rest uh, last night, and uh, uh, well, I feel like an advertisement. I'm not a, I'm not an expert preacher, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, I appreciate, I appreciate your friendship, and uh, and the trust. Uh, I'm honored to be able to stand in in his pulpit, and um, uh, I don't take that lightly. Thank you for the Sunday school lesson. Yes. Uh, I, I, whenever I sit as a as a pastor as a preacher, whenever I sit to hear somebody else teach or preach, I kind of uh, I kind of look at it as how much how many messages did I get out of that? Right. And uh, I've got uh, two outlines started, and then instructions to dig deeper into something else uh, that'll become something. And so uh, uh, that's a that's a three sermon lesson that I got there. And so that's, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, I usually get two or three from Brother Bob and Brother Jenkins as well. So uh, uh, anyways, thank you very much for that. I'm sorry, my wife couldn't be here. Turns out it's harder to replace her at my church <laughs> than it is yeah. to replace me. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, anyways, how many of you are saved this morning? Yes, you know sir. you're going to heaven. I love all it. right, all right. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Yes, so it sir. It shouldn't be one of these. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you're only going to live forever. Right. And so, exciting stuff, exciting stuff. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to the book of Psalms, chapter 17. While you're finding that, I think I may have told this story here before, uh, but I don't remember. As Brother Manning called me yesterday to see how I was doing. And I said, I'm recovering. And turns out that meant something different to me than what it meant to him. Because he had heard from somebody who had heard from somebody who had heard from somebody who had heard from somebody, heard from somebody that uh, I may have had a concussion and was laying up in a hospital somewhere. And so when he heard me say, I'm recovering, I meant I'm getting over a cold. <laughs> uh, I think it's peaked and now I'm, I'm in the recovery section of it. And uh, what he thought was he did get hit in the head. (laughs) And he got hit in the head so hard, he forgot he was supposed to be in Lancaster Sunday and didn't call me to let me know about it. And uh, so I'm glad we finally wound up close to being on the same page there. Uh, But uh, I, I tell folks, I said, there's three stages of memory. In the first stage, you remember everything. In the second stage, You forget everything, and in the third stage, you remember stuff that didn't even happen. (laughs) And I have one foot in the second stage and one foot in the third stage, and I go back and forth. And so if you've heard this before, just act like you didn't. But uh, where I was born and raised, it was not uncommon to see parrots. Uh, And uh, I've seen flocks of parrots in in the wild just, just flying over. And uh, at times, we even owned a parrot, and you can't teach them how to talk, uh, so you have to be careful what you say often in the house. And uh, learning Sunday school this morning, be careful in controlling your mouth when you're hurt, and uh, he he started talking about that, and he's going to teach my whole my whole message, uh, but he didn't, he just, he, he started that way and then backed off a little bit, but uh So I heard the story about this fellow that had some very large, very expensive dogs, and he went through a lot of dog food. He had one pet store where he purchased his dog food, and he'd go there and spend hundreds of dollars on his dogs uh, on a regular basis. The manager, the assistant manager, and all the, the lower people in charge of that store all knew him by name. That was by far the best customer they had very regularly. Hundreds of dollars that he spent. He goes in one day, and they have a new display right inside that front door. And there's a parrot there. And that parrot sees him walk in and says, hey. And the guy looks over and says, yeah, come here. And so he walks over, and that parrot says, Sir, I have flown free in some of the most poverty-stricken places in South America. And I've been shipped here, and I have seen some ugly, homely, just horribly filthy people during my travels. He said, but by far, you are the ugliest I've ever seen. And the man's getting more angry and more angry the more this parrot talks and, and goes on and on. And finally, he storms off because he sees the store manager at the back of the store, and he just... He just comes up to him like a freight train, and he says, now listen here. He said, that parrot up front of yours has done nothing but insult me from the moment I walked in the door. You will do something about that or I'll never spend a dime in this store again. The man said, I'm very sorry. He said, I'll take care of that right now. And he walks back up, and the customer's trailing behind him, and he reaches over and grabs that parrot by the throat. And he lifts him off the uh, uh, perch, and he says, now you listen to me. He said, that there is my very best customer ever. And he's worth a lot more to me than you are. And then he says, you'll not ever say a crossword or anything negative about him again. Do you understand? And he put him back on the perch. And he said, I'm very sorry, sir. If there's any more trouble, you just let me know. I said, thank you. And went about his shopping and business. And a few weeks later, he comes back in and that parrot is still there. Amazingly, he hasn't sold, huh? And he says, Hey! And the guy looks over and says, What? And out of his other eye, the parrot sees the manager. And he says, You know. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think I'll be preaching anything new that you haven't heard before. You've got a good preacher, good Bible teacher here. I think maybe what I'm here is just to say, you know, you know, but sometimes even though we know, we need reminded right, right. Exactly. and, and my, my desire, my goal is to be a help uh, this morning. If you found Psalm 17, if you'll stand with me, I'll let you stretch your legs, help you get waked up again. Woken up again? Something not woke. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, we're going to read the first three verses. Uh, if if you'll read verse two out loud with me, and then I'll finish on verse three. I'll pray and let you be seated again. We'll get into the the message here. Uh, Hear the right, O Lord. Attend unto my cry. Give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips. Let my sentence come, come forth, forth from thy, thy presence. presence. Let Let thine thine eyes eyes behold behold the things things that are equal. Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shalt find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together today in your house. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide every word that comes out of my mouth this morning. And not just the words themselves, but, but how they come out. God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to uh, every heart. Uh, As I speak to their ears, I ask for you to do that which I cannot do. Uh, your power be uh, placed upon us and upon the preaching. That we might be uh, uh, responsive to you as you would have us to be. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. What a great goal here at the end of verse 3. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Yes, and that's a... Well, I saw that and I said, man, that's a, that's a, that's a great statement to be able to not have to say, oops, I, yes, I shouldn't have said that. I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry I said that. I wish I hadn't have said that. I wish I could take that back. And, and in my mind, there's no doubt that David was a great king. And he was a successful king, a successful leader, a successful warrior. And and you you hear some of the things that he accomplished, David and his his mighty men of valor. And and that's Bible code for the early Israeli special combat unit. (laughs) And uh, you look at some of the things that they accomplished in, in warfare. And this was an elite team of men that he had. And they were more than ready and willing to fight there was a lot of times where he kind of had to pull him back and say no no fellas we're not going to kill that guy uh just leave him alone and uh uh, we're we're headed another direction right now and i want you to realize that even though these are written from david's perspectives these are god's word and god is giving us these words through david right i get a little bit tired of, of hearing preachers say well over here paul says this and moses said that and Matthew said this, and and uh, uh, this guy said that, and this guy... God, these are God's words. Right. And Paul was a pen in his hand, and David was a pen in his hand. And I jotted my notes down here, but I don't give my pen the credit for coming up with the words here. I don't even want to take the credit myself. Uh, if it's good, it's from God. If it's a mistake, that was my part. Uh, and, and just take it that way. But... Uh, God gave us these words through David, then he preserved them, and then he translated them into English. Right. And that's an amazing thing to me. I, I, a while back, there was a, uh, a controversy. I thought the King James Bible controversy was over, and it turns out it wasn't. And somebody really? said, well, they, 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 they're preserved, but the, is, the King James Bible is not, uh, uh, it, it's not uh, inspired. And I thought, well, if the King James Bible is translated from that which was inspired, I wonder if Enoch is still Enoch. Because Enoch was translated. So is he something different, someone different now? After translation, or is he still Enoch? And the answer is, he's still Enoch. The Bible still calls him Enoch. It doesn't say that guy that used to be Enoch. He's still Enoch. After translation. Translation. So these are still the words of God even after translation. That's free. That's extra. That uh, uh, Maybe that'll be a help to somebody or let, let you know at least where I stand. Uh, but something I like to do when I'm reading my Bible is when I find a word, sometimes that word will kind of stand out to me. And I'll keep reading. And, and, and once I read past that word, I'm not really getting anything because that word just keeps playing over and over in my mind. I'm looking for something. How does that... And if I don't find anything in the rest of the passage that kind of brings more light to that word, I didn't really get anything out of the rest of the context. I go back to that word, and then I look for somewhere else in the Bible. Right. And as I read this, it, it occurred to me. And sometimes I'll I'll just pull up my uh, the program on my computer. I'll look up that word and find everywhere in the Bible that it uh, that it occurs. Right and sometimes that's a long list and when it's a really really long list then now let's i'll start at the beginning and i'll start working my way through but when it stands out like that god is telling me there's something about this you need to know more about and sometimes i have to look up and sometimes i say i know another place where i saw that word and i'll go there and start looking into that and uh and and it gets exciting uh the study of the bible that way and And you get into something, and and you get something else, and and, and it's an exciting thing. And in Sunday school this morning, I saw something. I would read that passage before and and looked at it, and this morning it just stood out to me where Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, the religious elite of the day, and basically He said, uh, you're not going to go to heaven unless you believe that I am. Exactly. Well, if you go back to where I am... Is first mentioned back in where Moses said, God, who should I tell Pharaoh and his men sent me? God said, I am that I am. And so Jesus was identifying himself as God to the Pharisees. That word I am would have meant something to them. And it did. And uh, they didn't take him because it wasn't his time yet. (laughs) But uh, but anyways, uh, that that's, that's good stuff. But so, so that's an example of I see something stand out in one place and I say, I, I saw that somewhere else. And and uh, that's the wonderful thing about the Bible is, is Old Testament and New Testament woven together so yes. perfectly. And and uh, we wind up in trouble when we t- try to take something that's outside of it and cram it in there and mess it up. And, and uh, that's all it does is, is uh, it uh, takes something that was pure and perfect and turns it into... Something that is not, but in, in reading this, where he says, "I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress." So I read that not too long ago. That word "purpose" stood out to me, and I thought to myself, "I know another fellow in the Bible, another very successful man in the Bible, who did some purposing, and it led to his great success." And we're going to look at that in just a, in just a few moments. I I'm going to have to preach fast, you're going to have to listen fast because I want to be done before two. (laughs) And uh, I've never gone past two, so don't worry about that. Uh, Let's turn to James chapter 3 before we look at this other guy that did some purposing. But James chapter 3 tells us a little bit about the tongue. James chapter 3, pick up here in verse 2. For in many things we offend all. Mm-hmm. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. It's true. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm whithersoever the governor listed. It's interesting, he says here, if you can get control of your tongue, yes, sir, you can control everything else about yourself. Control everything else. You can just get a hold of that tongue. We find the psalmist saying, I purposed not to transgress with my mouth. I purposed. He's, I'm, I'm after that. Now let's read on here. Verse 5. Even so, the tongue is a little member. So just like the helm is a little thing, A a bit the bridle in a horse's mouth that's a small thing just like that the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth and the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity so is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature And it is set on fire of hell, for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. So I have bad news for you. You can't tame it. I like that lady with rabies. I need a piece of paper. <laughs> I'm going to make a list of people I want to bite. <laughs> the, the tongue can't be tamed. The Bible says so. You can't do it. You can't do it. But David said, I, I'm purpose. I'm going to get hold of it. I'm going uh, to keep this thing from getting me in trouble, from taking me to the wrong place, to, from doing wrong things. Let's read on here and see what else the Bible says because God never leaves us hanging with bad news. There's always a remedy for it. You know, the the Bible says, the soul that sinneth it shall die. Right. You sin, you're gonna die and go to hell. Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, I'm gonna go somewhere and you can't go there. They said, Is he gonna kill himself? No, he said, I'm going to heaven and you're going to hell. Because you're dying in your sins. He was he was very subtle with the Pharisees. The Bible says, Smite the scorner so the simple can learn and listen and and get a hold of some truths. And he did that often. Anybody that came to him in pride, he was harsh with. Anybody that came to him humbly, he gave grace He yes, said, Come on right. in. Uh, so if you feel like I'm being hard to you, check your pride. Yeah. I'm not being, uh, my goal isn't to be mean. If you think there's meanness, come back tonight. When you get here tonight, don't say, I didn't warn you. No, I'm not going to be mean. Let's read on. Verse 9. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man? and endued with knowledge among you. Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated. Full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Hey, I have good news for you. Verse seventeen tells us that with help from above, it can be tamed. Right? Our wisdom can't do it. You can't do it. But Jesus said, "With God, all things are possible." And so, can I tame my tongue? No. Somebody said, uh, do you ever offend people? I said, you know what surprises me is not that sometimes I offend somebody. What surprises me is that somebody that is called upon to talk as much as I have to talk, that I don't do it more often. I said, don't ever... I can't believe the preacher said that. That's just highly offensive to me. Well, The Bible says, great peace have they who love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. So you need to fall in love with God's Word and nothing will offend you. There's a solution to that. But is He never going to offend anybody? Well, the Bible says you have to be perfect to do that. And we in and of ourselves are not perfect. But listen, He said the wisdom that is from above is first pure. And and so He's saying with the wisdom that we have from down here, it doesn't come from above. Man's wisdom does not do that. It descendeth not from above, verse 15, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. And so we have our own wisdom. What well, man wants to apply, here's, how, here's the man's way of doing things, and those always take you somewhere that's not the right destination. Right. But when you get the wisdom from above, can I get a hold of my tongue and keep from offending, whether it be offending somebody else or being an offense uh, crossing over a, a law and a statute from God's Word? David said, I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Mm. And God said, I'm going to have David say that. I'm going to write it down. That's going to be settled. That was already settled in heaven. God's, people say, in the originals. you understand that only the people that are in heaven have ever seen the originals? Because the only thing that's ever been down here was a copy until Jesus Himself walked this earth. He was the Word. Yes, sir. In flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the word, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. For all time, God's words are... There's no controversy in the Bible in heaven. That's a wonderful thing. There's a lot of of things they don't argue about in heaven. A fellow tried to argue about something, he got fired. (laughs) He hadn't gotten over it. (laughs) He wanted a job that was already taken. Yes, sir. Since David... Said that, and I don't mean to, to, to give David the credit for it. These are God's words. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. That means our mouths should be Christian. Mm. Yes. I've heard preachers say, you know, when, when I got saved, my wallet got saved. And there's a lot of Christians that have got saved and their mouth hasn't gotten saved yet. <laughs> That's... Maybe their wallet has, but. but and, and I hear people talk about. Uh, there's, some, there's some people that are going to so watch somebody on YouTube and and they'll start talking about Jesus and God and this and that and then later on they're cussing swear and swearing. Right. Don't, don't act like you're a Christian if you're going to have that vocabulary later on. Right. Because you're, you're telling people that this is how Christians... You're, you're presenting yourself as a Christian and they're going to say, well, that guy's not a Christian. He doesn't talk like it. His mouth isn't. And what they need to do is they need to purpose that their right. mouth shall not transgress. Right. Now I told you we were going to look at another successful man that had purposed. And there's a pattern that I saw there. And this will be the most collegiate sermon I've ever preached. There you go. And we'll go to the book of Daniel, chapter 1. And I say collegiate because I have some alliterated points. Mm. And this is the one sermon that has alliterated points that I didn't steal from somebody else. So if you hear me preach another, another sermon and the points all start with the same letter, I stole that one. I'll just yeah, tell you right now. But this one I didn't. Daniel chapter 1. And follow along as I begin in, in verse 1 here. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried in the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat, and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now, among these were of the children of Judah Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, And Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Look at verse 8 here. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall he make me danger. Uh, then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the Prince of the Eunuchs had said over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink, and let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat And as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king had said that he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar and the king communed with them and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king and in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm and Daniel continued even into the first year of King Cyrus. I'd say Daniel was pretty successful. Yes, sir. He made it through, from what we see in the Bible, four administrations. Right. There may have been a few others tucked in between the first two. Mm-hmm. There were some, some squabbles and... History's kind of iffy on that, but what we and so I'm not gonna argue one way or the other on that. What I do know is there's four mentioned in the Bible. Right. I believe Nebuchadnezzar got saved. Yes, sir. Yep. Yes, sir. And it was because of Daniel's influence. Right. How did Daniel get to that point of having that influence? He started out, he purposed something. Yes, sir. He purposed something. Daniel purposed. He purposed. And then he made a plan. And he presented, I told you, it's alliterating. He presented the plan to the prince of the eunuchs. (laughs) This is as collegiate as I get. Where'd you go to Bible college? It doesn't count. It doesn't count. But he made a plan. He said, hey, give us some pulse. I'm not sure what that is. It doesn't sound as good as steak to me. I don't think it's important what it is. I think God would have blessed anything. He said, give us pulse and water. I mean, it's important that God told us exactly what it is. But if it had been something else, he said, give us lentils and water. God would have blessed lentils the same way. He persisted because that prince of the eunuch says, oh, wait a minute. If I feed you something different and you show up looking weaker and paler and, and skinny and scrawny before the king, I lose my head. Right. And Daniel persistently he said, hey, give us 10 days. If it's not working at 10 days, then we'll talk. He said, but give us 10 days then. He says, all right, you got 10 days. 10 days. And so he persuaded the prince of the eunuchs. And he had some persuasion on some of his fellow prisoners. There was three others that said, we're with you, Daniel. Right. But they're not mentioned until Daniel had already purposed in his heart. You know your vocabulary, your words, the things that come out of your mouth. You don't understand the power and persuasion that they have or the, the people around you. And people might speak differently if you spoke differently. Mm. Yes, sir. Makes a difference. And when you don't, when you don't make any differentiation between how you speak and those around you speak, and I understand not everybody here is employed by a church. You know, I pastor a church, but I also drive a fuel truck. And not everybody where I work is Christian. And some of the ones that claim to be Christians, I'm not sure if their mouth is safe. <laughs> but I do know this, they seem to be more careful when they know that I'm around. And I'm not taking credit for that. I'm appreciative of that. And I'll think, I'll, hey, thank you for being considerate of me. What, what bothers me is when, when people that claim to be Christians are always apologizing for their French, and I'm thinking, I took French in school, and the, the words I learned in French didn't sound at all like that. Right. In the end, Daniel prevailed. And so in order to, for you to get control over your tongue. And that should be a goal every one of us has as a Christian. say, well, I don't, use, I don't use swear words or cuss words. Good. But that doesn't mean everything is as it should be. That's a good start. That's a good thing to have attained. And some may struggle with that. Now, I'm not, we all struggle with sins, and we all have different besetting sins. The Apostle Paul had a besetting sin, and, and we all have something that... And, I asked my dad once, I said, you know, there's people that believe you can lose your salvation. What sin is it that causes you to lose your salvation? And he said, it's the same thing. It's the definition of a bad sin. It's the one that somebody else is doing. Exactly. What's a really bad sin? The one that guy over there is doing. Not mine. Mine are little. His are, oh, let me tell you about his. Oh, his are bad? Tell me all about it. Oh wait a minute! I purposed not to transgress with my mouth. If you want to prevail in this matter, and it's not just about bad words. So well, I don't even gossip. That's good. That's good. You know, there's some there's some non Christians that are better at that than some Christians. Mm, so yes. We ought to be the ones setting the pace and setting the example. You know, if, if if an unsafe person can say, you know what, I don't really like talking bad about people, right. and get away with it, we ought to also, whether we get away with it or not. See, it's not just my mom... I'll quote my parents a lot because they're they're still smarter than I am. Right now they're a whole lot smarter than I am. Because they're both in heaven. Yeah, so <laughs> everything they were wrong about, they've been corrected on. <laughs> my mom used to say, that filthy language, that's just that's a sign of a low IQ. That made me not want to say those words. I didn't want people knowing I wasn't smart. (laughs) (laughs) She has a limited vocabulary. They don't have the vocabulary and the intelligence to express themselves in another way. It's harder to express yourself intelligently in another way. It's lazy and easy to dip down to the foulness of the world. That's right. It's not just about the foul words or gossip. How about lies? Yes, sir. I went to college with a guy. He couldn't tell the truth to save his life. What's mm, that? He could, he could walk in from outside soaking wet. he say, Is it raining out there? He'd say, No. <laughs> Why are you drenched? I'm not. I said, How'd you get. Nobody knew his name. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I could find him in a yearbook or not. If the, if the pictures were color, I could find him because his hair was his hair was orange, and everybody called him Orange. And he couldn't he couldn't tell the truth to save his life. This was a. It was called a Christian college. <clears throat> How about just plain old hurtful words? So I don't lie. Okay, but do you tell the truth in love? Instead of, you know, truthfulness in love? Positive things, encouraging yes, things, uplifting things? Yes, sir. And the Bible said we got mouths and we got blessing, which means saying something good about. Look in the Bible when Abraham blessed his, his son, he was saying something good about him when Isaac blessed his son, not knowing who he was. He's just saying good things about him. And those things came to pass. And I think people don't understand the power that their words have on other people. It kind of aggravates me. I have, my tongue has to have bite marks on it just from when I go to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> My wife and I will go to Walmart, and she goes to the grocery stuff, and I say, I'm just going to wander around. And and I do, I wander. Not not because I'm lost, I just, uh, you know, laundry detergent. I like toys. Uh, and, and so I, I go through the toy section to see what I missed out on when I was young. <laughs> and I'll see... Sometimes parents and sometimes it's grandparents with a a little child. You dumb little brat. I told you, get your hands off of that. Quit picking that up. And and they're yelling. And they're not necessarily always saying bad words, but when you call a child you dumb little brat, you have cursed that child. Those are words of cursing. Yeah, they are. You never do right. You never do good. And they're cursing that child. Yeah. And it's so hard for me to just to just to hold back and and keep you know, if you don't want that kid, I'll take him home. I love kids. I had four well I didn't, my wife did. (laughs) First one was in the hospital, I got to cut the cord. Next three I delivered at home. I wanted to be able to say, I brought you into this world. (laughs) You know. (laughs) You know the rest. I'm talking about purposing to not transgress with the mouth. I wish I I wish I had control over this. I wish I could stop doing that. I wish I could do this better. I wish I You get this done. Everything else... I'm not going to say it's easy, but you can do it. So how do I do that? Well, you've got a purpose in your heart. Yes, sir. He's, that's how you start. hey we look at people that prevailed people that were successful in the Bible and the Bible records things that they did okay if I will take that pattern and apply it in my own life that's my best chance of success And so you, you, you got to want it you got to want it. Daniel, he's in a strange country. They've wanted to change his name. They wanted to change his his language, his vocabulary and everything else, his surroundings. His peers all said, hey, we're not in Rome, but we're in Babylon. You know, mom and dad are here. We'll probably never see mom and dad again. We'll never see our teachers again. That, that life is over. We're isolated. We're in the world and they're, they're, this is what we got to do now. Daniel said, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. It's not right. It's not right. Yes, sir. I'm not. You've got to make a real decision about it. We've got the altars here. Well, I will have an invitation. That's what that invitation is for, <laughs> to make a real decision. Make sure, I like what he said beforehand, start preparing yourselves. What is that? That's so the seed can end up in prepared soil and take root. So that when you stand up from the altar, it doesn't get plucked away from you. Right. It's good. How many times you've gotten to the altar, by the time you make it back to your seat, by the time you make it to your car, you're not even thinking about the decision you made at the altar. It's already gone. Talking about purposing in your heart. Maybe write it down when you get up from the altar and get back to your seat. I know some fellows that have some three x five cards if you need one. But you write that down. You put it on a posty note on your steering wheel. Bathroom mirror, top of your TV remote. Somewhere you'll see it. Back of your cell phone. In front of the cell phone. You purpose in your heart, then you make a plan. Well, how do I make a plan about? Ask God. Ask God. The Bible says God gave Daniel wisdom. That's right. And knowledge. Yes, sir. And he served through. You know, usually a new administration comes in, and they clean house and get rid of all the old, the old guys, men. So we're holding on to Daniel, and that king died, and we're holding on to Daniel. Right. And that king died or was killed, and and he he just kept going right on through. Make a plan. Maybe swallow some pride and ask your pastor, preacher. Here's something I'm struggling with, and I need to purpose not to transgress with my mouth. And here's the area that I struggle in. Do you have any ideas or thoughts that could help me with that? He's been around long enough. He's got some ideas and thoughts. Persist. Oh, it didn't work. I said something I shouldn't have. Start again. Right, exactly. You know, some of my favorite words in the Bible are found in Jonah. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Yes, sir. Whew! I get goosebumps right now just thinking about that. Thank God for the second time. In fact, thank God for the third and fourth and fifth time. The Bible says, "If will if we'll confess to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive us." My Bible says, "God's mercies are new every day." Every day. I get to start today with a clean slate. And if, when I mess up today, tomorrow's another clean slate. In fact, I can clean the rest of the day off just by going to God and saying, God, I blew it. I messed up. Persist. Persist. Hey, this will bring you to a place of persuasion. You'll be able to persuade some other people, some influence, and you might need to persuade yourself. I've got to keep doing this. I've got to keep doing this. There's some things we get outside pressure about, but you know the hardest things are the ones we have to do the pressure from inside ourselves. You may have to persuade yourself. Or by being successful at this, your persuasive abilities, your influence on others will increase. I wonder how many many workplaces would change if the Christians let their mouths be Christian. Hmm. How many environments would just start to change? Yes, sir. How quick it would ripple out, hey, watch what you say around him. If what we said around others fell in line with not transgressing. Preacher, I don't cuss at work. Are you an encouragement? There you go. Good question. Is there anything that is coming out of your mouth that is influencing others to be more respectful with what comes out of their mouth? So you don't understand the Because science hasn't looked into the power of the words very much yet so we well just not quit looking at science the best scientific minds at one time thought their world was flat don't don't get me started on the recent stuff persuade in this case yourself and then. Trust God, help you prevail. Amen. You can't do it, but God can. Amen. But it starts with you wanting it. I stand this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't, I don't know you enough to, to have been talking to anyone in particular. As far as I know, Nobody here has a problem with this. So if right now you're thinking, Pastor must have been talking to him about me. The only thing your preacher tells me about anybody is bragging on you. Brother so-and-so is doing this. He's doing a good job. so and so's is going to be teaching here. He's going to be doing there. They're doing a fine job. They've stepped up here. Things like that are the things I hear from him. we're having a problem with this? Never. So it's not him having told me, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you. But I know this, if any man doesn't offend, that's a perfect man. And none of us here are perfect. So this is an area all of us can improve in. But you're not going to do it by yourself. With God's help. Oh, I've tried before and I just can't I, can't, I can't help what comes out of my mouth. God can help what comes out of your mouth. But you've got to want it. And here's where it starts. An old-fashioned altar with you purposing in your heart. You purposing in your heart to not transgress with your mouth. I'm going to pray and the piano is going to begin playing. If God's spoken to your heart about this or if there's another burden you're carrying in your heart, you bring that to an altar. But if you come to an altar today and you are purposing, you make sure you write that decision down or do something with it to where it stays in your mind. I tell you, it'll be a game changer in your life. Not just for yourself, but others around you. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for David and making that decision. And we thank You for recording that for us. Knowing that we can be helped by it, that we can be strengthened by His example and the pattern that He set. And then God Daniel, just a young man, referred to in in your word as a child in a foreign country separated from all his family forced into a completely different environment of godless people and yet he purposed and succeeded what great influence he had over those around him people getting saved and their eternal destiny changed. and all traced back to that one thing that started with Him purposing. He's not going to do wrong. God, may we do that today. May this invitation be a time that people point back to and say, that's where I purposed and things started changing. That's where I purposed. I came up with a plan. And I persisted. And I wound up prevailing. Bless as only you can. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As the piano plays, God's spoken to your heart about something. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ is your Savior, why not come down front and say, I need to get saved? I need to get that taken care of. If you're saved and God's spoken to your heart about you haven't been very encouraging with your words your conversation hasn't been what it should be you've been downright hurtful why not come to an altar you tell that to God